Today, from the International Gospel Hour, dear friends, you know, we are going the way of all the earth. And as we are going this way, well, let's spend some time today in a study of God's Word as our Are You Listening? Again series continues. And that's today from the International Gospel Hour. Stay tuned. Hi, this is Jay Webb for International Gospel Hour. For almost 90 years, Churches of Christ have proclaimed God's Word through International Gospel Hour. You are about to listen to another Bible-based lesson with Jeff Archie of International Gospel Hour, starting now. I am bound for the promised land. Ladies and gentlemen, we welcome you to another International Gospel Hour program. As we continue today with our study of what is death, and this is a consideration of what is physical death. There are a number of Old Testament descriptions of physical death. Now, due to the press of time, we will only be able to note a few of these from the writings of the Old Testament, but each one is a graphic figure depicting physical decease. Joshua, the conquering warrior of ancient Palestine, stood upon the threshold of earthly departure when he said in Joshua 23.14, And behold, this day I am going the way of all the earth. Bold reference is here made to the universal sway with which death has held humanity in its greedy grasp. When the just Joshua pronounced these weighty words of grave import, only one person of the past had escaped the death penalty, and that was righteous Enoch. Elijah's translation into heaven was to be some five centuries yet in the future from Joshua's era. Some four centuries later, the aged shepherd king said to Solomon, his chosen successor, I am going the way of all the earth. 1 Kings 2 verse 2. We live a number of centuries beyond Joshua, and many yet less centuries beyond David, and humanity is still going the way of all the earth. The hand of the grim reaper has not been stayed, nor is it about to be stayed until it is destroyed once and for all by the coming of Christ. A Hebrew woman in conversation with King David relative to bringing home the banished Absalom declared in 2 Samuel 14.14, For we must needs die, and are as water spilt on the ground, which cannot be gathered up again. When death strikes, man does not have the opportunity to relive this life again, no matter how tragic he may have mismanaged his earthly span upon this mundane sphere. The Heavenly Father does not meet us at the door of death and say, Now, son or daughter, you have failed quite miserably in this life. I am going to permit you to become a babe in your mother's arms again and allow you another chance. Do better this time, for there may not be another such chance given. It does not work that way, does it, friend? We can no more live this life over again than the man traveling a burning desert can retrieve his last canteen of life sustaining water that has been accidentally spilled upon the greedy grains of scorching sand. Job, the patient patriarch of Uz, spoke of life's brevity and the virtual certainty with which the grim reaper comes in striking similes. He said in Job 14, 1 and 2, Man that is born of a woman is a few days and full of trouble. 
He cometh forth like a flower, and is cut down. He fleeth also as a shadow, and continueth not. The sage of us well knew of life's brevity and death's certainty. Life is like a shadow, a very fleeting phenomenon. Death is like the rapid vanishing of that temporary and short-lived shadow. Later, this afflicted saint of Jehovah spoke again of death. He uttered this thought-provoking statement, For when a few years are come, I shall go the way whence I shall not return. Job 16.22 Ladies and gentlemen, are you listening? Should not this sobering truth and personal challenge to each of us make this life one that is worthwhile and preparatory toward meeting that sure summons that will come to each of us unless Jesus comes in our lifetime? This is the only pilgrimage granted to us. Another one will not be vouchsafed for us when death strikes. We pass this way but one time. What eternal import weighs upon that word, one? Hezekiah supplies graphic depictions of physical death by employing such striking similes as the folding of a shepherd's tent and the cutting off by the weaver in Isaiah 38.12. The passage says, My dwelling is removed and is carried away from me as a shepherd's tent. I have rolled up like a weaver my life. He will cut me off from the loom. From day even to night will thou make an end of me. How very quickly the Palestinian shepherd could fold his temporary tent and move momentarily toward more promising fields of grass and streams of water for his hungry and thirsty flock. The weaver was highly skilled in the art of cutting. These vivid figures of speech take on additional meaning when it is realized the monarch of the southern kingdom spoke them after Isaiah's stern pronouncement of his near decease, and Jehovah's, and Jehovah's rather marvelous mercy had generously granted him an extension of 15 years. Now we turn to some graphic New Testament descriptions of physical death. Writers of the New Testament employed a number of metaphors in declaring death. Jesus called death asleep in Luke 8.52 and John 11.11-14. Paul frequently used the same term, 1 Corinthians 15.6 and verse 51, and 1 Thessalonians 4.13-16. The beloved physician Luke employs the same consoling imagery in describing the decease of Stephen, the first Christian martyr. Acts 7 and verse 60. My friends, are you listening? Does not the eloquent employment of this beautiful term for those who die in the Lord remove much of the sting associated with the king of terrors? Life to James is a vapor, and its rapid vanishing is graphically representative of death. James 4, 13-15 Paul called death again in first. In Philippians 1, 21-23, the penman of Revelation personified death and had him riding the pale horse, Revelation 6, 8. Later, the prophet of Patmos heard a voice from heaven pronouncing a blessing upon those who die in the Lord from henceforth, yea, saith the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors for their works. Follow with them, Revelation 14, verse 13. 
But ladies and gentlemen, death in no sense of the term is a blessing to those dying outside the Lord. Jehovah has no pleasure in the death of the wicked, Ezekiel 18.23 and verses 31 and 32. Without any discrimination at all, the statement is made by many relative to both the good and the bad who have experienced much suffering near the end. Well, he is much better off than while alive. My friends, that statement is not universally true of all who die in the midst of much suffering. It is only true relative to the good. Those who die unprepared to meet God are not better off beyond death. They are not better off in the Hadean state, for there is punishment there for the wicked, as we learn from Luke 16, 19-31. They surely will not be better off from judgment throughout eternity. Physical death calls for a separation of body and spirit, James 2, 26. Such a definition harmonizes fully with Rachel's passing in the Old Testament. Moses said that in her death her soul was in the process of departing, Genesis 35:18. Mr. Adam Clark, one of the greatest Hebrew scholars who ever lived, commented on this passage and wrote, Is not this a proof that there is an immortal spirit in man which can exist separate from and independent of the body? Of Rachel's death, it is said, Beset Nephashal, in the going away of her soul, her body did not go away. Therefore, her soul and body must have been distinct. The resurrection of Jairus' daughter suggests a re-entrance of the spirit into her body, Luke 8.55. Such implies the spirit had left her body at death and returned at her being raised by the resurrection and the life. These are but a few of the many biblical descriptions of physical death. My friends, are you listening? A mysterious curtain separates life and death. Only the Bible penetrates that curtain for the various degrees of knowledge we possess. Philosophy cannot do it. Science is likewise impotent in this realm. Even modern medicine experiences the inability to look beyond the curtain separating life and death. On our next broadcast, we will begin a study of Avenues of Death. You will be with us, won't you? And we trust that you will. Dear friends, again, only the Bible penetrates that curtain toward death for the various degrees of knowledge we possess. Dear friends, that's why we want to turn to the Bible in our broadcast. And now we wish to pause and allow our friends or our J-Web, rather, to tell you about our friends at the World Bible School and their online study available just for you. Our friends at World Bible School have a wonderful online Bible study available, and it is free. That's right, it's free. Please visit worldbibleschool.org and register. You will be provided a study helper who can answer questions and provide feedback for your lessons. Please sign up today. That's the free online study at worldbibleschool.org. Dear friends, again, we thank you for being with us today, and we've just shared with you lesson number three of the Bible Doctrine of Death study. 
This is part of our Are You Listening Again series, a series that reaches back with the work of our first speaker, V.E. Howard, and the work of Brother Robert R. Taylor, uh, Brother Robert R. Taylor, I should say, who prepared material and assisted Brother Howard in the 70s and the 80s. We appreciate Brother Taylor and his gift of these lessons to the International Gospel Hour and to study them once again. And friends, our time is up, and we'll continue our studies together another time. We really appreciate you joining us on the International Gospel Hour broadcast. I'm Jeff Archie. Please join me again soon, and as always, keep listening. Thank you for listening today. May this study prompt your search of God's Word for His will in your life. To assist you in your study or to listen to other programs, please visit our website at internationalgospelhour.com to God be the glory.